It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely dominate the New England Patriots in Week 4. We break it all down next. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. That to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon? So this was a nice win after last week's debacle against the Cardinals uh, to jump back in this one and to get a, a big win like this. It had to feel great. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was it was great to kind of see them bounce. We, we, we talked about this. This is kind of a thing that they do is that they, you know, sometimes they stumble. Sometimes they lose games they shouldn't. But they but the, the one positive thing about it is that they always manage to kind of bounce back. They always manage to find a way uh, to come back and clean some things up obviously red zone isn't quite still where we want it to be that we think we may have a savior. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but yes, I think just will. overall, yeah, I think just overall, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great win. It's a big win at home. You need it. And I feel like it gives you a level of confidence uh, going into a, what is, is going to be an absolute huge game against the San Francisco 49ers. Coming next week. Yeah. So we're going to talk uh, about this game. We're going to talk about the defense and the touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. I want to start with Dak Prescott because to me, it was really the story of the game. They took the, they won the coin toss, toss, they took the ball, went down, got a field goal. They stalled out in the red zone. Again, we'll get to that later. Defense got a stop or excuse me. The defense held the Patriots to a field goal. So we're three, three, almost at the end of the first quarter, Dak right down the field, throws a touchdown to CD lamb. And it just, it was one of those games later where they needed Dak Prescott to start off well and he did. This is one of the better starts I've seen him have in the last several years. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's a thing that 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 is you know one of the positive of of Mike McCarthy's. You've seen him kind of come out here in a couple of these games and, and have hot starts the way that we didn't see them have uh, early in the games last year. Uh, it, it felt like there was just too many times when either it was it was kind of a net neutral early in the game. Or it was an absolute debacle. Then Dak had to become absolutely, absolutely heroic by the second half in order to kind of make up for 
you know, losses in the first first half. And that that's not the case in some of these last few games. He's played well early. And then obviously in the first drives, going out and getting points is huge. You know, again, especially with this defense. You, we all saw it. The way this defense came alive when blood was in the water uh, was, was clear. And, 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 it, and it, it went from being, you know, okay, getting some stops to absolutely eviscerating the quarterback, absolutely destroying passing opportunities. Uh, and, and that all stems from, from being able to play their kind of game. And, and that, you know, again, the impetus of that, all that is Dak getting the ball into the end zone or getting the ball into the red zone to, to score field, get points on the board. So you put the, the other team kind of behind the eight ball or continue to put them behind the eight ball. So they have to throw the football to score. I felt that this game, right? Like once the Cowboys went up 18 to three, it was like, oops, it just kind yeah. of feels over, right? Like what, there's not going to be many offenses, especially not this one that are going to be able to overcome multiple touchdown deficits. And once this Cowboys offense can start teeing off at your quarterback and jumping routes, they're almost impossible to deal with. It's just, if you happen to get into one of those games where it's close or you're down, that's where the Cowboys defense can have a little bit of a problem. But that's why I want to give as good as the defense was today. I wanted to give the offense a lot of credit because what they did early in this game to, to kind of give you some momentum to keep the Patriots deep, or excuse me, offense off the field. Like they had, I, I think I saw like 13 minutes of time of possession in the first half. Yeah. And the Cowboys absolutely dominated in the second half. And you could see they were just gassed by the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and the compounding factor of all that, like you mentioned, it really it really showed its head, especially since the Cowboys were basically able to put in, you know, start cycling in backups. First, you see Tony Pollard kind of get an extended break, and then Zach Martin leaves, and then by the by the by the end of the last, fourth quarter, uh, you know, Cooper Rush was out there. I'm pretty sure that you know, we saw obviously Brock Hoffman was out there. I mean, it was basically awesome the Richards was out offense. there. Yeah, yeah. So so is is basically the second team you know, offense out there for the most part. So, which was great because you also get, you know, guys an opportunity to kind of get a rest, not, you know, avoid any injury. We have to remember Tyler Biotish and Zach Martin, both were guys who were questionable for this game, were able to play and, and played pretty well, it seemed like. So yep. getting them off the field to kind of give them just a little bit of extra rest, that's huge. Again, going into what's going to be a very physical matchup next week. against. The now, we should mention that Zach Martin might have tweaked his foot a little bit. He did jog off the field. I wonder if the game was closer, if he was able to come back in. I'm sure we'll get an update as the week goes on. One of the other things that I really liked about this game was just the distribution of yeah. targets. Uh, Jake Ferguson was your leading receiver. Seven catches for 77 yards on seven targets. Pretty good efficiency there. Michael Gallup, five for 60 uh, on six targets. Had the big play early on. Jalen Tolbert, four for 53, including a big catch in the first drive of the game. C.D. Lamb, only a receiver to catch a touchdown, four for 36. Brandon Cooks, four for 27. Being able to feed this many different receivers, uh, I thought was fantastic. It, it, they kept the Patriots off balance. Obviously, I think the Patriots were trying to take away CeeDee Lamb, and yeah. everybody else kind of feasted. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the All-22, but I, I, I suspect that we were kind of correct about Belichick trying to take away the short passing game, trying to take away CeeDee specifically. Uh, and, and, you know, look, I, mean, I think CeeDee, I, I can't remember what the number was, but did CeeDee end up with more than six targets? I don't think he did. No, it, uh, well, he had, yeah, six, had six targets, targets. For four for 36 four on the touchdown with six targets. So yeah, pretty I mean, quiet I, I, day. 
that's a pretty quiet day for CD. So I, I think clearly the Cowboys anticipated that being the game plan and, and adjusted accordingly. They they had a game plan where they were going to get the ball to a bunch of different folks. Turpin got involved in big way. Uh, you saw Tolbert catching some passes. Uh, obviously, Cook's getting worked up. And then Gallup with another big day after last week of having another big day, really kind of working himself into the offense very nicely. Uh, you gotta see Schoonmaker catch Schoonmaker catching those. I'm gonna call him Schoonmaker until he catches the football a little bit better. Scooting, yeah. Uh, you gotta see Schoonmaker catch the ball, but I think, but I thought overall, yeah, seeing the focus being on Ferguson, um, and then on on you know the other receivers outside of CD Lamb, uh, it, it clearly shows that the Cowboys kind of anticipated a game plan in which you know CD Lamb was not gonna be uh, the wise choice to be the kind of primary target on all of these passes. All right, Landon, let's let's turn our attention to this defense that. Once again, forced three turnovers, had two defensive scores, and were absolutely dominant on Sunday. We'll get to them next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a a free job post on LinkedIn. All you have to do is add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Uh, every day is on Tuesday's show. We're going to break down the film from this awesome win. Uh, for <laughs> to Make sure you guys tune in for that. Landon, let's talk about that defense. So yeah. not only did they force three turnovers in this game, they allowed just 4.6 yards per play, 53 rushing yards, and they scored two defensive touchdowns. Of all the games that they've had this year, this is probably the most impressive defensive out- outing that they had. Yeah, I mean, especially since it felt like it could have been even worse, you know, if if uh, if they weren't just kind of trying to at a point where they were taking the foot off the gas a little bit, uh, just to kind of because they were so far ahead. It's just like they or felt the like offense they would have scored some touchdowns in the red zone. Like, this could have been put some more pressure easily. Yeah, easily, absolutely. And and I, I you know, I, I, Bland had two interceptions, but but I, I mean, he easily could have had a third before yeah. those other two yeah. uh, on 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 a route that he jumped. Uh, and, and I feel like, yeah, the, the I mean, Micah Parsons' stat line is not overly impressive from this game, but he had an incredible game, especially yeah. uh, after kind of tweaking his knee a little bit halfway through the game and coming back in. He played really great after that too. So, which is, uh, but I'm still wondering why he played late in the fourth quarter. But I might, I think he just wanted to play. 
I, I, yeah, I think that's what I'm guessing because simply, simply because they were holding him out and then they were basically putting him in only on passing downs. And then it was just like, he was just in all the time, yep. even though they were up by like 25 plus points at that point or whatever it was at that when the score was. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I think that the defense obviously played a fantastic job, especially on the back end. They were, they, they were smothered the New England Patriots uh, wide receivers. Uh, you saw a couple of tight end catches. Hunter Henry had a couple of snags on, on some guys. Um, and you know, there were a couple of things that you felt like you could tie up, but uh, tighten up, but really out outside of that kind of opening drive and that o- those first, first few drives, the Patriots, they didn't really have anything. They couldn't protect Mac Jones for long periods of time. No. Uh, he was running for his life and making ill-advised throws. Uh, it was a pretty familiar game script, to be honest, uh, especially in the second and third, fourth quarter uh, for the Cowboys defense. And, and uh, they felt very comfortable uh, attacking and making Mac Jones comfortable uh, to the point where obviously they had to pull him and put Bailey's happy in. Uh, we need to talk about Deron Bland. It's, it's time. Yeah. So two interceptions in this game, including a touchdown, seven interceptions in his last 10 regular season games. Like we're yeah. in, we live the Trevon Diggs thing in 2021, but we're actually in different you know territory now with that many interceptions in that short amount of a time. He struggled for a half against the Cardinals last week and then bounced back in the second half. I mean, I, listen, I don't want to go overboard here. It's just one game, but at the same time, I think the Cowboys got an absolute steal here on the uh, day three of the draft. I mean, at this point, like, it's not a fluke, right? No, no. I mean, that's what I was just going to say. You say it's one game. It's not one game. No, it's, it's not. It's, but a, like, it's a season and a half almost at this point, of, or a season and a quarter of, of very solid football. This is, you know, look, if you're going to ta- tell the story of a fifth-round pick who becomes a all-star, you know, Pro Bowl-level cornerback, uh, right – this is the, this is how you would tell the story, right? Like he he comes in on an injury, he he steals a job, doesn't let it go. He plays spectacularly. He leads the the team in interceptions last year on on a team in which a guy that had eleven interceptions the previous year. So uh, I mean, he's clearly shown that this if you know if this was one or two games, then maybe that's one thing. But even in the games where he's not getting interceptions and making huge plays, he's playing extremely sound football. This is a yeah. very consistent football player for being as young as he has. So, uh, no, I listen, I, I can't remember who I was trying to remember right before we came on who it was, but uh, I think it was, I was talking to Peter or some of the, but I, I said when Trayvon Diggs got hurt, uh, I, I was ter- it's terribly sad and the Cowboys are absolutely going to miss him, but I am not at all going to be shocked if this is the, Deron Bland rising, you know, uh, 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 situation. This is the, the the catalyst he needed to become a superstar in this league. He has showed he has done nothing to show me that he doesn't deserve that kind of praise since then. And, and it's hard to kind of stop heaping that sort of praise on him when all he does is go out there play very solid play, uh, have very solid play on all the other snaps where he isn't getting interceptions. Which you know, that's the play of a guy that is is starting to be noticed at a level that he should be and, and playing at a level uh, that's, you know, entering, uh, uh, you know, wh- where's the ceiling with this guy? Like, I, I that's, that's the conversation. With Th- that's what I'm trying to figure out is where is the ceiling for Teron Bland? I will say, I think the next four games we're going to know, right? Because you play the 49ers next week. Yeah. You play the Chargers coming up. They've got good receivers. You play the Eagles yeah. coming up and you play the Rams who should have Cooper Cup by, you know, back by then. We're going to find out really quickly what the ceiling is. And I'm not saying Deron Bland needs to go out and have three interceptions in that stretch to be a good player. But if he can just be consistent 
Don't give up a lot of big plays. Keep some of those Pro Bowl receivers in check. I mean, we could be talking about somebody who I don't want to say could be as good as Trayvon Diggs, but could be close. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy how good he is in year two. Again, like I don't really know how to keep putting a cap on on where know. he could go when he keeps going further than all of us expected. So, look, I mean, I think you and I were huge fans of his coming uh, at when he got drafted. I think he exceeded every single one of our expectations. I think we were big fans of him coming into the season, and that you know he was going to yep. have a good year. He gets thrown thrust into a terrible situation, and he's again thoroughly exceeded those expectations so uh i'm i'm, I'm not gonna put a cap on this kid no. anymore because every time i do i, I kind of look like a fool yeah i want to mention another defensive player again we haven't seen all 22 so we we need a little bit of time to break that film down however i can tell you just from watching the broadcast even if you remove the touchdown i thought this was the best game i've seen Leighton van der Esch play in a mm-hmm. long time he was shooting uh shooting some gaps the, his run fits were outstanding he's a big reason why the Patriots didn't have a lot of success in the ground. And after how badly the linebackers played last week against the Cardinals, I thought this was a monster bounce back game from him and some of the other guys in that front seven. Well, I was just going to say, I I think that has everything to do with the fact that this was, I think the best defensive tackle game we've seen so far. And I think a lot of that has to do with how incredible Neville Gallimore played. And I can't can't get over it. I mean, definitely the best game he's had as a Cowboy. I mean, just without a doubt. Just the like, only one I, I can him. think was close was the Pittsburgh game in 2020. I think that was the only oh, yeah. game I remember him playing really well in. But this was, I mean, he had, you know, several different plays where he was in the backfield making plays he, where, where he, even if he didn't make the tackle, he was he was the disruptive force that caused the tackle in the backfield. Uh, Mozzie Smith got a pressure at, at one point, and Mozzie had his best game without a doubt. Yeah. Just ba- again, we haven't seen that all 22. 22. But yeah, but I mean, just based on what we saw, like he was, he had his best game. Um, so I, I think that had a lot to do with you know, how, how well, you're seeing Leighton Vander Esch be able to pull the trigger and, and, and come downhill into the hole and make the tackles and be around the football and, and do what he needs to because he's not have to fight off blocks. And uh, you, I think you saw Bell play a better football and, and Clark yeah. made a play in the backfield. So that all starts up front. And I think, I think that, you know, that chain of, of, you know, of, of good play starts with the defensive tackles, which allowed guys like Vander Esch and Bell and, and, and everyone Clark to run free and make tackles. Last player on defense before we move on. Dante Fowler's hustle on the Mac Jones yeah. strip sack was unbelievable. And it really sparked this. I mean, it put this game kind of out of reach, right? Because they were up 10 to three. He gets this incredible play where he comes all the way around the edge, makes the sack, makes the strip sack. And then the Cowboys go for two, right? On the fake, uh, fake extra point. And now it's 18 to three. And we just mentioned it in the previous segment, felt like the game was over at 18 to three. Just didn't feel like New England had the firepower to come back. Great play by Dante Fowler to to continue to keep up with it. Awesome, awesome effort by him. And one hundred percent gonna got to give the huge pat on the back to coaches. That yeah. <laughs> going for two there was was I, I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Taking advantage of of a great special teams group. Uh, they no one was gonna expect the two point try with 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 uh, anger throwing the pass. That was just brilliant. To, to the the call and the play was great. I thought Golson uh, so, was gonna got, get caught. To be honest, he looked at I, slow. I was I was a little nervous there, but uh, it was it was it was great to see him cross the goal line there. Did you know um, the Cowboys are the first team uh, to con- to convert a uh, two point conversion with the with the yardage moved back to was it the fifteen or whatever it is now. Actually, it's further back than that, 20, right? Because yeah. it's a 37-yard field goal. Yeah. First team ever to convert that, which 
not surprising. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think part of the reason that they got away with it, obviously, was the complete element of surprise. Since they've moved it back, why, you know, the thought process is if you're going to go for two, get the easier try. Yeah, the fact that the, the Cowboys two. took the Cowboys took the the extra yards in order to try the two point attempt. Uh, it really, it really caught yep. the, the the block team off guard, and they were able to get it get it done. All right, let's talk. Uh, we, we were glowingly positive in the first two segments. Of course, we got to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Let's talk about the red zone offense and how the Cowboys can fix it going forward next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spread, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about the Cowboys' red zone offense, which... They really struggled once again today. I don't even know how many red zone trips they had. Only scored one touchdown. One of them came late in the game on a fullback dive to your guy, Hunter Lipke, which you can talk about if you want. Uh, what's oh, yeah. going on here? Why are the Cowboys struggling so much inside the 20? First of all, we're going to talk about my guy, Hunter Lipke, being the solution to these okay. red zone problems. Look, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, if – if if they if the refs move the uh, ball like four inches towards the goal line uh, on on CD Lamb's touchdown, we're talking about a two touchdown, just you know, in the situation in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think part of this was this to me didn't look like outside of outside of the the ridiculous looking handoff to to, to Pollard, which I'm not exa- still not exactly sure. I need to go back and watch that one to see who exactly was at fault there. Outside of that, it didn't seem like there was, uh, you know, incompetence that was happening. It felt like it was it was just, uh, except you know, except when Deuce Vaughn was in there. That whole series when Deuce Vaughn was in the running back, we just felt like it, it, they they ran a couple yards. And they weren't getting anywhere. We're going to talk but about I, Deuce Vaughn this week because but, he's not yeah. ready for that role. I, I think it's yeah. I think we should def- we're definitely going to have that conversation. But I, I just think watching the, what happened in the, in the individual red zone attempts, like it, it, it's not like incompetence or you don't have the talent. I I think there, you know, there was a a missed assignment at one time when the Dak Dak got the the big sack that pushed them back in one of their promising attempts. Uh, You know, they, they just weren't able to kind of grind out yards the way that they needed to in the run game at times. Um, I, I think that they, uh, they probably still need to try to find a way to target their wide receivers a little bit more. And not at the line uh, of scrimmage. That, that's the other thing that I've noticed is way too often they're trying to run wide receiver screens. They ran one to yeah. E.D. Lamb where he bounced off a couple defenders. They ran one to Michael Gallup. Uh, 
throw the ball vertically to those guys, especially against New England's cornerbacks when they were so banged up. I, I will give New England some credit. This is like the number one red zone defense over the last three years. It's where they've excelled forever. Yeah. Like Bill Belichick is really good in the red zone. However, yeah. I think a lot of it's just execution. Like Dak throws a beautiful ball to Luke Schoonmaker on the first drive of the game. Got to catch it. And it's high. It's high, but it, he's a six foot six. It's supposed to be high, though. It's that's, supposed that's, to be it's high. It's supposed to be high. Like, Dalton Schultz made a killing on that same exact play for years for the Cowboys. Make that catch. There was also, I got to say, they, they ran the read option play where Jake Ferguson kind of peeled out to the left and was like a lead blocker for Dak. And New England completely bit on the run, and Dak handed it off to Tony Pollard. And you saw Jake Ferguson kind of jumping up and down like, Dak, why didn't you keep that ball? I know that you don't want to get Dak hurt, but they, they've got to have Dak run at least a couple times a game to keep defenses honest. And I honestly think you're going to get some walk-in scores if you do that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do think that, that, you know, we've talked about needing Dak to kind of take him a couple more runs in here, but I mean, again, I honestly think it's hard to ask Dak to do that when, I mean, how many of these attempts were, were when the Cowboys were up by two touchdowns or more, you know, know. And it's, and hard, no. it's hard to ask Dak to, to, to keep the ball and take a huge hit when you're up by two touchdowns at home, which you know? I, I agree. But when you play a team like San Francisco next week and touchdowns are going to be really hard to come by and you're just not going to get to the red zone, you know, eight times like you did this week, you've got to make them count. And that's, it just hasn't been the case so far. I, uh, that's, that's part of it for sure. And I, but I also think that that's the other thing that we need to talk about here is that how many close games have the Cowboys played so far this year? Like none, you know, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, I think that part of it is that, the Cowboys have yet to play a team that they need to play like that. I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Cowboys. I mean, that's obvious. I think anytime you play a good team, but even more so this year with the way the Cowboys have played these first four games, I think you're going to learn a lot more about this Cowboys team on, on San Francisco, uh, get San Francisco than you have in any of the four previous games, because the situation, the the game script for each one of them, you know, I, I just, the Cowboys haven't faced a ton of adversity. I know they lost to Arizona, but it's, it's still like, it's a different kind of thing. Like sure. I, I just, I think you're going to learn a lot more about who the Cowboys, how the Cowboys actually want to operate because they understand that in order to beat San Francisco, uh, there's no pulling punches, you know, no, like you, you no. got to go all the way. So uh, I think we're going to learn a lot more about this team that in this coming week than we did previous four weeks. I will say that teams have figured out that the Cowboys like to kind of default to like that play action boot play to the tight end where they have a tight end high and a tight end low. Like the Cowboys have had almost zero success on that play inside the 20 this year. They probably got to figure out something else or a counter to that. Like that's, that was their bread and butter for years and teams have just caught on a little bit. It's got to be something else, but in all seriousness, I do think Hunter Lipke is probably somebody who should get a lot more touches inside the five-yard line because he's got some power. He doesn't have a lot of wiggle, but you don't need a lot of wiggle when you're inside the five-yard line. You just need to get somebody that will go straight downhill, that can move some bodies. And I think I love Tony Pollard, but I actually think he's just better at doing that. And, again, we've seen Mike McCarthy have a lot of success with that type of player in his past. And listen, Bob Sturm came out today on Twitter and he said, hottest of hot takes. I think Hunter Livke could take that Zeke role of short line goal line runs. And I was like, I don't think that's it's hot. It shouldn't at be all. a hot take. It I should think just it's, be the case. It's, 
that's just looks like a great fit for him. There's no reason that you can't run him. He's used to running from a one back set, you know, put him out there in yeah. 12 personnel and personnel and have him run the ball, you know, with wide zone or, or, or power plays. He has a nose for the end zone. He's physical. He'll keep his, his, his uh, feet well, moving. What I'd love to see is like you can run the two back set, but have Pollard like motion out and be like the jet sweep guy. And then you can have Hunter Lipke be the fullback role. Then you can either give the jet sweep if you've got the numbers there, you can give the fullback dive. I think there's definitely counters that the Cowboys have. We'll see if they start to use them against some better teams. Listen, I, I, I'm I'm so old that when I played high school football, we ran the triple option. There's no reason you couldn't do that with this with Lipke and and, and, sure. and Pollard and Zach, Dak. I think it would work. All right, last thing. we got to talk about your your pet cat a little bit. Could I just no. one little note? Please. Sean McEwen is a winning. Yes, player. the, the effort you. to go down there that long Kevante Turpin. The game was already decided, but those are the kind of plays that ultimately end up separating a team from. You know, a first-round exit to a championship-caliber team. He sprints 50 yards down the field, recovers a fumble. We saw Tyler Biotis do that in week two against the Jets, twice. I believe. He did twice, didn't he? I think he did two twice, two weeks, I think. Yeah. He, he got recovered a fumble. So, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable hustle and effort and focus by this team, you know, at times to kind of continue to just, you know, we you saw it with Fowler. You saw it with, with just hustle. Hustle plays, getting it yeah. done. And that it starts with your superstars. Micah Parsons is the most effortful player I've ever seen. And I think that filters down to all the rest of your, of your players. I'll, get, I'll give you another example. Jalen Tolbert made a fantastic yeah. play on special teams to pin the Patriots inside their own five yard line. Two plays later, the Cowboys get the strip sack touchdown. Uh, that was, you know, back in their own end zone. Those are the little plays that add up that end up, you know, helping you win games. And again, that probably doesn't turn this game, you know, a ton, but over the course of the season, that's what you want to see. So fantastic job by Sean McEwen. Fantastic job by Jalen Tolbert. Uh, that is what you want to see. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lot Done Cowboys your first listen every single day. On Tuesday, we'll be back to break it all down. We're going to watch the L22 film, give you a ton of notes. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your victory Monday, and we'll see you. Right back here tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.